Thank you for listening to the Matt's Movie Reviews podcast, available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. Also, please follow Matt's Movie Reviews on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Reddit, Instagram, and MeWe. And of course, be sure to visit mattsmoviereviews.net for the latest reviews, top 10 lists, and more. Now, on to the show. I'm the greatest photographer that Life magazine has ever had. Like I'm tired, my body is older than I am, and I'm broke. You're the single most impossible photographer that life has ever had. Well, if you say that, then. There's a company that's dumping toxic waste into the sea. People are dying. The cover-up is as much of a story as the story itself. For 15 years, they knew. And they kept poisoning people. There's a resistance on the ground. We are not so easy to keep quiet. We need global attention. With you, we have a better chance. I'm here to help if I can, but I need you to help me. Mr. Smith, would you like something to drink? I'd rather wait until I get outside the building before I drop dead. Let what is happening here play out here where it belongs in Minamata. It's been made very clear to me now that I am seriously unwelcome here. Listen to me, I need the pictures, Gene. We're going to do this together. Pick up your camera. Point. Focus. Click. That's how you tell your story. Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 407. Releasing February 11th in theatres across the US is Minamata, the true story of how acclaimed photographer W. Eugene Smith travelled to Japan to cover the devastating effects mercury poisoning had on the small coastal city of Minamata due to the irresponsible actions of a local chemical plant. A beautifully crafted and heartbreakingly relevant film starring an excellent Johnny Depp, Minamata also marks the latest film from director Andrew Levitas, who joins me now on the podcast. Andrew, I thank you so very much for your time today. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. You know, one of the things I, I love about films and watching films and reviewing them is that sometimes you come across stories that happen in real life that you have no idea about. I'm, you know, in my arrogance, I would say Minamata in the whole Minamata poisoning scandal was something that I did not know about. And I think that really tells you about the importance that movies can have in people's lives to talk about stories that have been forgotten in the history of time. Um, bringing this story to life in knowing the importance of the story and that people might not even have remembered it or knew of it, is that something that really drove you to, to make the film that uh, will be releasing very soon in, in the US? Without question. You know, most of my work, whether it's uh, through my fine artwork, 
I'm also a sculptor and a fine artist. And, and obviously through, through my film work, it's incredibly important to me to, to find stories like this that represent uh, in many ways, the best of what humanity can do and, uh, and capture that love and hope. And in this instance, like so many others, unfortunately, uh, often the best of humanity comes in the face of the worst of humanity. Um, and so I definitely felt an immense pressure to make sure that I could honor uh, the victims and the current patients, because uh, this is an ongoing issue. Um, and I spent a, a great deal of time in Minamata with many of the families and uh, who, who've lost um, relations or friends or who are currently uh, fighting this and, and still fighting the Japanese government and fighting to be heard and fighting to be seen. So I certainly felt the responsibility to them. That was a driving force, but also a big driving force was, from my perspective, all industrial pollution incidents are connected. And there's been a, a big move to to fragment all of this argument. And, you know, oh, the thing that's happening in uh, in Australia is uh, is its own thing. And the thing that's happening in Japan, it's its own thing. And the thing that's happening in Newark, New Jersey is its own thing. When in fact, it's all the same thing. And, um, and I think that people feel hopeless and feel like they can't stand up and fight and, um, and, and get something done and make a change. And what you have here is this small Japanese fishing village where the people did stand up. Uh, they stood up, they fought, and they were heard. Um, they had some help uh, in terms of getting global awareness through Eugene Smith, who's, uh, you know, was a brilliant, brilliant um, artist. But really at the core of it was, was this community. And, I, and I'd hope that a film like this will inspire, you know, every person that sees it to, to recognize that inside of them, they have that power. The film, as I said in my introduction, stars Johnny Depp as Eugene Smith. Um, he's a producer in the movie as well. Was he on these, this project from the early stages of the development or is he someone that kind of came on a little bit later? Uh, he was from the very beginning. You know, it, it's a remarkable thing. I I went to meet Johnny. I, I had never met him before. He was certainly an actor I was, you know, uh, very keen to, to work with and um, I was fortunate enough to, to be able to sit down with him in Los Angeles and it was supposed to be a, you know, a 15, 20 minute meeting and sort of uh, test the waters and see if we're on the same page and turned out, it turned into a nine hour meeting where, you know, we barely spoke about the film in filmic terms, but we spoke about the issues we spoke uh, in, uh, we used art and literature as connective pieces and music. And it was very clear from, from, from the very start that Johnny and I were on the same page. In particular, it was important to me to tell the story uh, of this Japanese community and not of Eugene Smith. Eugene Smith ultimately was a wonderful tool for us to, um, to be our, ways, our, our way in, our eyes and ears, really our eyes, as we walk through this, this issue and, and we meet and learn these people. And also, uh, there are very few actors, uh, I think, at Johnny's level uh, historically that would be willing to allow themselves to start a film front and center, but then sort of move back and let the the rest of the story really be the star, if you will. Um, and Johnny understood that. In fact, he demanded it uh, the same as I did. So that was really remarkable. And then we just worked in lockstep all the way through. It was uh, it was a fantastic experience. 
I, I believe the success in having Johnny being able to do that, to kind of blend himself into the story, is just his ability to blend himself into his character so well. Even though he's a celebrity and a, and a movie star, his ability to just absorb the characters that, or to have his, the characters absorb him in a certain way is just remarkable and has been very storied. As a filmmaker yourself, what was it like seeing the processes and the execution of that on um, happening right in front of your eyes? Sure, it was fantastic. I mean, with my uh, my production team, in particular, my cinematographer, Benoit Delome, and my production designer, we, we approached the film to create an environment that felt real, right? So we, we recreated many of the, we, we were so fortunate to have so much photography and, uh, and, and documentary footage and both from Gene, from Eileen and from others that we were able to access through CCP where most of it is housed now in Arizona that we really built replicas of every home, every office uh, exactly as they were, um, even creating uh, an amazing costumer, Mumerica, who, who created the same clothes, just found the textiles and remade them. So everything was really exact. And then we decided to shoot everything in, for the most part in 360 degree spaces. So our actors could actually live in the environments. So the work on this was quite fun in particular with Johnny and really exciting because it was about getting inside of Smith and becoming Smith. And the same was true for all of our characters, all of our actors becoming them so that once they were put into the environments, they could actually live. They could really live and experience what was happening rather than act, if you will. And it was fantastic. And Johnny was a more than a willing participant. I think he really enjoyed it. And I think that's what you see on screen. And the other thing is inside of Johnny, there is a part of him that is very similar to Smith in that you know, Eugene Smith had the ability to always see hope, to always see love, to always see the best in people. And Johnny carries that as well. And so you can have, you, you can put, um, you know, Eileen would, Smith, Gene's uh, uh, um, widow, you know, would tell me these stories about how Gene would walk into a room and even if he was in a bad mood, somehow he was cracking people up and, uh, and connecting with people. He always had that twinkle in his eye. And it's a wonderful thing and, and something that I don't think you can learn or act, something that just has to be innate. And Johnny has that. And so we could put him in these incredibly difficult environments, but you could still see that thing, that sparkle, that zest for life in his eye. And I think that really translates um, and fit really beautifully with Gene. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by 80s Tees. 80s Tees is an online retailer of licensed t-shirts and pop culture gear from your favorite movies, TV shows, cartoons, video games, comic books, and musicians. Celebrate your inner 80s nerd and click on the link in the show notes below to get the raddest retro t-shirts delivered to your door. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by Loot Crate. Founded in 2012, Loot Crate is the worldwide leader in fan subscription boxes. Loot Crate partners with industry leaders in entertainment, gaming, sports, and pop culture to deliver monthly themed crates, produce interactive experiences in digital content, and film original video productions. No matter what you geek out about, Loot Crate has a subscription box for you. To get your very own exclusive collectibles, apparel, and gear delivered to your door, be sure to click on the link in the show notes below. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is also brought to you by Voodoo. Watch the latest movies and TV shows anytime, anywhere. No subscriptions, no contract. 
enjoy stunning quality in up to 4K ultra high definition at home and download and watch on your mobile device as well. To rent and buy from over 100,000 titles or watch thousands of movies free with Voodoo Movies on us, be sure to click on the link in the show notes below. Now, back to the show. There's a beautiful scene in this movie um, that really kind of just broke me. It, it, it's, a scene, it's a scene where Johnny, as Eugene Smith, is, is sitting outside and in his lap is a, a person suffering from Minamata disease. And Johnny, I think he's singing a, a Bob Dylan song uh, yeah. to the person. I'm not, not 100% in that. How did that scene come about? Was that something that was in the script? Is that something that kind of happens on the day? Because it's just such a, you know, Sometimes when you watch these films, and, and you especially watch like films like, like Minamata, that want bring, want to really want to bring the, the humanity of the characters and not the situation. Scenes like that really do kind of push it right through. Because I thought it was just a just a terrific scene right there. I loved it very much. Thank you. So yeah, you know, it's part of the script. The song wasn't originally in the script. Um, you know, I knew that I wanted a tender moment of connection between them, and again, part of our process was creating real life experiences, you know, trying to recreate it in a way where these, these wonderful artists, including, you know, one of the great compliments that, um, that we've gotten um, was how I'm constantly asked, how did I get Minamata victims, Minamata patients to perform in the film? Mm. And of course they're not patients. It would be impossible for them to, to, to do the things that, um, you know, just to move around to, to, to get to work. Um, let alone to, to perform and be on camera. And we had these wonderful actors and prosthetics and we worked with them and they trained, you know, quite rigorously to, to get everything exactly right. And so wow. suddenly you have Johnny as Gene sitting there. We've got this young girl um, sitting on his lap and, 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 and just living and being that character. And, and Gene is being, Johnny's being that character. And, you know, I sort of shouted out to him, um, sing something. Um, sing to her, you know, and, and I took, we took real time uh, in the environments and he just started singing the Dylan tune and it just, it was magical. It meant everything. And it, it really showed how dialed in he was to the moment and to what was, um, what was actually uh, that essential truth that's there. Because also, uh, you know, we were fortunate. We had, when Gene Smith went to, uh, went to Japan went to Minamata, he had to declare all of the goods that he was bringing in all those mm. years ago. So he actually had the customs declaration, which included all these records and things like that. And so in my conversations and work with Johnny leading up to the film, we were both listening to that, basically that catalog of like 25 records and included was this Dylan track, was, this, was a Dylan record. And so Johnny knew what he would have with him. He knew what he was listening to. He knew what would have been, what would have been there. Um, and so he sang it. And of course, our you know, line producer almost had a heart attack because he didn't know if he could clear it. Mm. And, you know, Johnny wonderfully and so committed to the thing, picked up the phone and called Bob Dylan. <laughs> what it was. And it said, it's Andrew, good, here. And it's good to phone. have an actor that can do that, yeah. right? <laughs> and uh, then Bob's on the phone and uh, and uh, explained what we wanted to do. And he was like, of course, man, that sounds amazing. Like, yeah. God bless you. And, um, and so we were really, really quite fortunate to, to, to get that. And it was beautiful. And it was, it was just magic that happens on the day, but it happens because everybody is so on the same page and driving in the same direction. 
you know, there's a lot of things you can take from this movie. Something that I also took from it is that, to me, it seems like a movie that is about photography, um, the emotion, the philosophies, the craft of photography. These days we are dealing with devices like my little mobile device we have there. People can snap anything they want on their phone. People make films now on their phones, etc. Um, is there, when you're dealing with something with, in regards to, you know, a technology, I don't see, I'm not a photographer, so I don't know where, where we are technology-wise in regards to everything. You probably, you will most definitely have a better opinion that than I am. But do you feel like that the art of photography, the, the photography that, say, a Eugene Smith um, uh, worked in and developed that, is that art being lost or is it something that's more niche, niche these days? What, what is the, the standing of, of that type of photography that we've seen in those life magazines like 30, 40 years ago? No, it's a great question. So, you know, a few things. Firstly, um, you know, as our first, my first responsibility was to the, to the Minamata victims. Then it was to victims of industrial pollution in a larger context. And then it was also to make a film that could resonate in Japan. Yes. It didn't feel like a film made by a Westerner, but felt like a film that was comfortable and, respectful and uh, took the time to get everything right. Like we used a very specific dialect that only this teeny part of Japan uses, you know, these, these sorts of things and, and make sure that it was all exactly right. But then also as an artist, as a photographer, as someone that shoots, um, it was incredibly important to get all the, the photography exactly right. And also I needed to educate an audience so that later in the film, you I could give you the language so that I could use the language. And so mm. what was quite tricky was, trying to express all of those things, uh, teach an audience how it works, what he's looking for, how it feels, what those moments are like, so that as the film progresses, I can come away from that. And, and instead of looking at Gene using his camera or Gene developing, I can actually focus on the subject and understand it as an audience. And, um, and so it's really, that was, 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 was incredibly important because it also, I would hope, uh, so many photographers have been writing about this film and have been supporting the film because they really connected with it and, and what we did. Um, and I do think some of the art is lost in, in today's world. Uh, however, I love the fact that we can, you know, even myself, I have 50 cameras in the other room from antique, all sorts of antique cameras, uh, film cameras, uh, you know, uh, moving cameras and Bolexes and things like that to, to all sorts of, 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 of photography equipment. And, and I love that stuff. I, I totally geek out on it. However, I also walk around with my iPhone and I have two children and I love the amount of footage and pictures and videos that I capture with them. So I don't see it as a negative. What I will say is part of what drew me to this film was that it also takes place at a time when publishers were feeling uh, more pressure to uh, to sell advertising and get eyeballs on their work, right. Mm. On, on their magazines. And so you have Bill Nye as the you know editor of life magazine who at this exact moment is fighting this, this crunch, there's more publications coming out. There's more, more things to distract people. And so, you know, for the first time you have a, an actress in a, in a bathing suit and roller skates, you have Raquel Welsh on the cover of life magazine of all things in order to sell the ads, to get eyeballs, to sell the ads, to eventually, you know, nourish uh, the American public or the global public with the Minamata narrative inside. 
And that to me is really the beginning of where we are today. You know, that, that moment is a moment where we now find ourselves where there is very important photography um, and very important photojournalism and photo essays being, uh, being created. And the physical craft of photography is very much alive, but because of all of that other fast moving sensationalism, there's such a competition that it's hard for an image to draw you in because you see that image and then you're off to the next You're scrolling right. on the screen. It doesn't, it doesn't live with you in the same way. Yeah. There's a legendary, you know, there's a very famous story about that Obama, uh, former president Obama, wrote about in his uh, biography where uh, he remembers seeing this, he was visiting his mother at work and he was in the waiting room and he remembers seeing this life magazine uh, spread. And it was, it was this, this image, these Gene Smith images and how it formed him because it was sitting there. It was something that you didn't just move past. You lived with it, whether you read the words or you didn't, you know, the amount of time you looked at it. And, and that's pretty disappointing, I think. And that's a, a, it makes it harder to get messaging across, I think, and, and inform people because ultimately I think now filmmakers have to take on that mantle. I think it's now our responsibility because I can put someone in a seat for two hours and I can put this information uh, out there for them to, to digest and, um, and, and, uh, and, and grow from. Well, for everyone out there listening, February 11th, theaters across the US, Minamata. I highly encourage people to check this film out in theaters on the biggest screen as possible because it's a beautiful looking film. It's beautifully crafted, beautifully performed, and it's a very relevant picture that people should really check out. And uh, Andrew Levitas, I, I thank you so very much for your time today. I mean, it's a fantastic movie. You really did great work here. And I dare to say it's one of the best Johnny Depp performances I've seen in quite some while. And I think that's a testament to you as a filmmaker as well. So congratulations to the film and, and thank you very much for your time today. Oh, thank you, Matt. Thank you so much.